Welcome to Gen Z Hoops. The Gen Z Basketball Coaching and Sports Business Show. On this podcast, you'll learn from professional players, coaches, and executives from all over the world and see the court in a brand new way. And now, joining you courtside, your Gen Z host, John Hartafillis. Hey, Jay Slate, what's going on? Hi, how are you? Great. Really excited to have you back on again for the part two, right? The long-awaited part two. First episode of WNBA Wednesdays. Really get to kind of showcase all the great things happening in women's sports. Um, and so excited right? when, I, when I thought of like, who should I have as this first guest? Like, I was like, wait, duh. Like, it's pretty, it's a pretty obvious <laughs> answer. Uh, let me, let me hit up Jay Slate again. So thank you so much for coming on the show. This is going to be a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah, I'm really glad to be back. And of course, always talk about the WNBA. So if we can, can maybe get us started with maybe what being a woman in sports means to you both, like maybe right in your field specifically. I think to me, it really just confirms that in any industry, you can always find a space for yourself, you know, whether you're female, whether, um, you know, whatever your circumstances are, I think you can find a space for yourself somewhere if that's what you want and you want it bad enough. I don't think it's always going to be easy, but to me, it really means a lot to me that I was able to, to carve out my own identity in sports and to really um, start to make an impact so so early on and in so many different areas of sports that it's really probably the main thing that I'm most proud of. That's it's huge. And I remember the, the, the last time you came on the show, we were talking a lot about uh, maybe some of the experience that you've had in the industry, right? We, we, we kind of maybe centered it all around putting you of all that stuff. Maybe how much of that has kind of been grounded around um, the women's game and, and how much is, have you kind of seen that evolve? Yeah, I mean, I think one of my big first opportunities was an intern for the Texas women's basketball team. And they kind of gave me my first opportunity to see how high level sports were working and, and be behind the scenes, all the different moving pieces and that, you know, it's not as simple as it looks. There, there is a lot going on and to really understand the structure of, of being in a team outside of, you know, being on the athlete side. And so um, I think because of that, I really learned quickly and with such a good example of women's sports that um, this was something I wanted to continue to do and that I, you know, I wanted to be a part of that culture. So important. And I mean, it kind of brings us back. What, one of the biggest things you're doing now, obviously with the, with the Slate House, I want to hear about, right, now you're kind of getting to that, that entrepreneur space. What Can you yeah. kind of tell us what that's been like and, and explain what the Slate House is? Yeah, so I won't lie to you. I definitely didn't have the business savvy, you know, mind going into it. I don't really know much about business, but again, you know, reached out, found the contacts and, and the network that could help me piece that together. Um, so I started the Slate House to do like digital media, um, brand management for athletes, for teams, um, events, just kind of on a concierge basis. So trying to be, you know, as helpful and authentic for um, you know, whoever I'm working with and give them the opportunity to really showcase their stories or their ideas um, whatever it may be in the most um, genuine way possible so that it really reflects them and not just, you know, another cookie cutter idea that, you know, we're just kind of pushing out where I really want to like make sure that it reflects them and that they're really happy with it first and foremost. That's so huge. And it makes sure that it all happens. I'm curious, maybe in thinking, what kind of obstacles did you face, right? Building your own brand in that sense. I, I'm sure, right. It wasn't easy to, you didn't wake up one morning and say, Hey, I'm going to start the, the, this, this company, right? There must've been so much leading up to that. Honestly, there's a lot less leading up to it than I think I should have done. Um, I just kind of got to the point where I was like, I know what I bring to the table. I know my skills. I know that, you know, I have some somewhat of a network and a reputation for, you know, being hardworking and being in sports that, you know, I can kind of rely on, but it's definitely not the backbone of it. I think it's going to be something I'm going to have to continue to work on. But for me, it was about 
like getting the foundation of the business set up so that, you know, all of my I's are dotted, my T's are crossed so that when I do go in to work with people, all of that stuff is taken care of. The invoicing and all that stuff is real easy. And then I just really knew that what I wanted to do was going to really rely on like how I like to help people and, and my approach to it and being really athlete forward or, or team forward, whatever that may be, um, and keeping that at the forefront. And I, it all kind of just fell together after that. But, you know, it hasn't been that long and there's going to be a lot of you know, roads ahead where I have to keep pushing through finding more clients. Um, and then the other big thing is it's not really like something that exists. So there's definitely like marketing agencies, there's creatives that you can hire for videography or for graphics and stuff. And I'm kind of covering all of that as well as, you know, outsourcing when necessary. I don't claim to be able to do everything. So, you know, building that, that Rolodex of really good photographers and videographers that I can set up for, for workout photo shoots and, and stuff like that, different projects, but, you know, really trying to get all of that organized, I think has been, you know, something to work on as well. Outsourcing, delegating, those are super important skills. But I think you're selling yourself short a little bit because you do have so many skills in this industry, right? And our listeners, if you haven't listened to part one yet, go back and listen to it because they'll obviously hear the breakdown of all this stuff. But can you kind of give us a little bit of a recap of, of maybe what all, you know, because there's so many of them and there's so many different roles you had leading up to where you are now. Um, what were some of those skills you picked up that have been, I would imagine, invaluable to you? Yeah, I mean, been through kind of it all. So I went to school for journalism. So the the general writing, PR, all that kind of stuff, media um, training is there. And then I've done play-by-play. I've done videography for news, sports. I've done graphic design, social media management. What else? I don't even know. I think at some point I've probably touched everything a little bit. Did some sideline reporting. And so I think one, those give me really good perspectives on how to work with other people, you know, what type of things I can ask of photographers so that I'm not, you know, asking them for too much or, or things that just aren't possible. And also like deadlines. I know not to like ask for a video to be edited within like two hours. Like there's realistic expectations because I've, I've been in that position and I know how to edit videos. So I think that's kind of the biggest advantage of the skills is not necessarily knowing how to do all of them, but it helps me be a better team player. So definitely so important to have that background. I'm, I'm just curious because being a woman in sports, there, there's unfortunately all those trolls on the internet that are, that are, that are going to try to troll and, and try to make themselves known behind a computer screen and saying, well, maybe you don't know what you're talking about. Or maybe you don't have those skills. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you deal with that every single day. What are some of the ways you combat that and, and, and your experiences in, in unfortunately having to do so? Yeah, I mean, that's one of those things that unfortunately you just kind of get used to and you grow some thick skin. You know, you deal with it since middle school or high school, as soon as you're interested in sports, somebody's sitting there and saying like, well, who's the fourth string quarterback of this D3 school in the middle of nowhere? And I mean, they don't even know the answer to that. So kind of being realistic about it. Sometimes it's just people trying to prove a point that doesn't need an answer. Um, the other thing is there are so many women in sports. So surrounding yourself with, or at least myself with other strong women and you know, you have people to fall back on and, you know, sometimes just kind of complain and get it out of your system. But you really realize that you are, you know, kind of on the better side of the, the situation and that you're really fortunate to be working in sports. And if, you know, that is, you know, one of the downfalls for right now, it's worth it in the long run, because again, we have such a cool industry and, and cool job and role and everything. So the comments, you know, you just kind of get used to them or you ignore them. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll respond with some witty uh, stuff, but I got to be a little bit careful <laughs> because they'll, they'll all jump on, on the hate, uh, bandwagon, but it's fun. And the other thing is I just know when I'm around other people with really high sports IQs that, you know, they agree with me or we can have really 
high level conversations. And that kind of helps validate me, at least internally, that I'm like, no, I do know. So I don't really have to listen to the trolls because I'm confident in that I know what I'm doing and, you know, my IQ of sports. When it comes to responding, definitely slippery slope because you know all these players, right? The ones you guys are talking about, you you have to see them again. You're going to talk to me and all these trolls are never going to see them again. I've probably been to uh, like a handful of games, maybe tops, right? They've, they, and, and, they've, and they only know the game through what they hear maybe on TV or what maybe they see on Twitter. So definitely a, a much different viewpoint of what, the way you're watching it. And it's, it's, it's laughable, right, that someone would even take that stance. Yeah, no, and that's, that's the other thing is you just have to take it with a grain of salt. Sometimes you have to remember that, you know, they're never going to be in the position to, to meet their favorite player or stuff like that, and that can make people a little salty. So <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> So, of course, talking about maybe just social media and maybe all, all the negatives that maybe come along with it, Obviously, with all the positives, there are going to be some negatives, like the trolls, like the haters. But, of course, there's also a lot of fake stuff that's just going on there, whether it's with followers, whether it's just with the, the just with the perspective of social media. Well, how do you kind of combat that? Because I'm sure you see it everywhere um, just in your line of work um, and, and making sure to get through it. Yeah, I think, I mean, a huge part of, I think, success in a brand or even just an individual is authenticity, which is why it's so important to me. And so I think, obviously, not everyone is going to share every little aspect of their life or be a completely open book. But I think the parts that you do share, being genuine about it, being authentic as either, you know, it could be a team, it could be a player, um, a business, really anything, um, I think really just helps connect fans that much closer and, you know, bring them closer through that screen so that it's not just, you know, a bunch of over-calculated marketing and having a lot of organic and, and genuine content, I think really, you know, not only makes social media uh, a better place to be, you know, as a fan or just a follower, but I think it also helps with brands and, and being open and, and pure about what they're posting. I think it's just, it's good for everyone. That's the biggest thing. I know, I know the Slate House is doing a lot of that. So definitely going to be keeping up with that and, and watching all the stuff that's going on there. But there's so many other, other women that have to, have to go through this stuff, but that also in the same position as you, right? Doing all these cool things. Last time we spoke a lot about maybe your mentors and, and people made in their 30s and 40s they looked up to. But I keep on seeing, right? You're posting with all your friends, right? Also in your right, mid 20s, doing all these cool things. Like who are some, like you guys are kind of having this, this kind of dream team of whatever, whatever it might be. Who are these people? What do they do? And like, how do you guys all work together to kind of advance the dream and, and what you guys are all doing? So yeah, I, I actually, there's a ton of people that I look up to, of course, but the huge part of it is that this industry is constantly changing. So it's surrounding yourselves with people at the same level or, you know, that are coming into it at the same point. And so for me, I have a bunch of friends that a couple, they work in branding and, and management more specifically with like getting sponsorships and getting endorsements and, and brand deals like that. They work with both athletes and like entertainment influencers, pro projects like those. And that's really cool because you get to see kind of the behind the scenes of like, oh, it's not just, you know, a player wearing a specific like tech fleece today. It's like that was all arranged and there was a lot of work that went into it and stuff. And that's not really stuff that I typically touch on too much. So it's, it's exciting to see them do. A lot of my real good friends are also photographers. So they're out at the practices or games, you know, courtside getting all these great photos. It's cool to watch their, their styles change or if they switch over sports, getting different um, video content, those different things. It's really cool because it's also one motivational because all these roles require a lot of hustle, but then it's also inspirational because it kind of influences your creativity and you're like, oh, they did this really cool project. I'm going to go, you know, put my heart into this project and, and show my creativity too. So I think definitely surrounding myself with not only, you know, good mentorship, but peers has been really crucial in, you know, just navigating through sports. 
so huge in, 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 in maybe lighting that path up and, and, and kind of doing it all, maybe it just hand in hand and building each other up, right? Instead of maybe seeing it as a competition, any right? Where you guys are all kind of doing this together, like as, as a team, which is, which is great. But pivoting over to maybe, because this is WNBA Wednesdays, thinking about maybe the, the league and where the league is going. Obviously, maybe maybe working in the league for the last few years in, 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 in several different roles, um, or, or just obviously seeing it from the outside looking in. Uh, where do you kind of see this league going right now? 25th season, everyone's talking about it. This year is obviously a, a really big year for the league. And uh, where do you kind of see things going? Yeah, I think, I mean, you can only go up really. And I think it's constantly growing. They're doing huge things, big partnerships with like Nike and Wilson and trying to get a lot of, you know, more exposure on the league. There's, I think, twice or, you know, just a significantly larger number of nationally broadcast games this upcoming season. The schedules are competitive that, you know, there's a lot of big stars in the league and then they're doing a good job of maintaining that momentum in the off season. So these players go overseas and play you know, throughout Europe and, and different places and um, showcasing th- that film and, and, you know, those players getting championships. So I think really just maintaining this momentum. And I think anyone that might not watch the WNBA or just women's basketball, you know, if you just sit down and, and watch a game, you might actually really get in. You'd be surprised like how easy it is to get into it because I, I didn't play basketball. So I was really just a fan going into it. And women's basketball just has the fundamentals. It has the speed. Like there's just so much going on that. Yeah. If you're looking for like posterizing dunks, you might be a little disappointed, but like that's really not even happening every single play in the NBA either. So I think if you go into it with, you know, the expectations of you're watching almost a different sport because they hoop totally different. It's just so cool to watch that, you know, that'll really help grow the sport and continue to, you know, get girls in the sport as well, because I feel like a lot of fans come from people that just have touched basketball at some point in their life. You brought up an interesting point because it's that's probably the biggest thing, whether it's in the comments or just in, in just people, people talk about the WNBA in terms of why they don't watch would be, well, they can't dunk or they can't do this or they can't do that. And it's all this negativity that surrounds it. What would your response be to that when, when someone asks you that and, and just to try to light them and say, well, there's a, if you look at it from this perspective, it's a great game to watch. Yeah, I mean, like if you go into anything and you're constantly comparing it, you're going to be disappointed. So, you know, you don't go into soccer and you're like well why are they you know not hitting off the crossbar every single time or baseball why isn't every play a home run like yeah it's going to be disappointing the games are going to feel slow like you're not going to like it but if you go into it and you just like have a fresh mind and you're you know not going in with a lot of judgment and start to look at the sport for what it authentically is you'll have your own appreciation for you know women's basketball it's different you know they play different the style is different and it's not better or worse. It's just, you know, you cannot sit here and compare it to the NBA or to, you know, college men's basketball or your pickup league at LA fitness. It's not, it's not going to be the same. And their talent is so high that, you know, you will be amazed at just how phenomenal these women are playing basketball. Definitely. It's definitely just all it takes is really having an open mind and looking at it through a, a non-biased perspective and saying, you know what, let me, let me just see what this is all about. And trust me, if you watch five minutes, you'll, you'll, you'll get a much better, greater appreciation uh, to everyone out yeah. there that just won't give it a shot. Um, and one thing, right, you mentioned all the partnerships that WNBA has. I did think of all the new Nike jerseys and they've kind of mm-hmm. dominated Twitter for a few days. Which one's your favorite? I mean, I'm biased, so I definitely like the Connecticut Sun. Theirs just tell such a really good story in their involvement with the Mohegan Sun tribe. All of the the very small details that went into it, not like a single aspect was overlooked. Um, they even have one of the jerseys is like in the the native like language and like says 
stuff that like represents Mohegan Sun. So I think that's really cool. I thought the Indiana Fever did a really cool job. There's really kind of incorporated more pop culture and brought in some of the Stranger Things aspects and played off of that. So I think just in general, though, the whole release, um, the coordination that went with Nike and the WNBA and all the teams was really well done. And I think continuing to do stuff at such a high quality like that will only help grow the game even more because you know, you might not be a fan of basketball at all, but people like cool looking stuff and exciting, you know, stories. So I think continuing to like really put a lot of effort into that is going to be super good for the game. Oh yeah. As long as there's more merch like this, um, yeah. it'll definitely keep me watching there. But uh, Jay Slate, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was obviously a great one. And we've been talking about this part through forever. We finally got it done. And I'm so excited that it came out. So it's just so great in this, in this convo about women's hoops, what you're doing, really a bunch of great stuff. So thanks so much for coming on and, and can't wait to talk again soon. Of course. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Gen Z Hoops. Make sure to follow, like, and subscribe on Instagram, LinkedIn, and all major social media platforms at Gen Z Hoops. You can tune in and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and every other podcast platform on the planet. Get ready for the next episode.